everybody. I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine and Dine. Dine. Hey, Megan. Hey, Ashley. How many zombies does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know how many. None, because who got fucking time to count them when you're shooting them? <laughs> that was so much worse than any zombie joke <laughs> that I just looked up. I told you it was bad. It was so bad. Why? You should not laugh at that. Do not be proud. <laughs> no one laugh. No one should be encouraging this. I win. <laughs> like... Some of the jokes that I looked up was like, um, what what do you do at your Halloween party if the zombie rolls his eyes at you? Mm, what was it? Roll them back to him. Oh. Uh, do zombies eat finger... No, hold on. Do zombies eat popcorn with their fingers? No. No, they eat them separately. But uh Yeah, no, they were all bad. They were I, real bad. I mean, like, mine was really, really bad. Yeah, yours did take the cake. Thank you. The zombie cake. Zombie apocalypse cake. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, if you haven't figured out yet, our book for February, Megan's pick, was... Married with Zombies. All right. So, I feel like we have a very different um, view of how that book turned out. We'll see. You don't know that. Just because I might have not rated it to your extent doesn't mean we may not have enjoyed it. Okay. In our own ways. Okay. Okay. So, preliminaries aside, what did you rate it? I gave it a five. <laughs> okay. So, you rated five out of five. Uh-huh. Okay. Without doing any spoilers, can you tell everybody why you did that? Uh, so, my rating scale is based purely on enjoyability. I don't have... Your rating scale is, like, very serious. Like, mm-hmm. you follow it, and it doesn't matter if you really enjoyed the book. If it only gets a three, it only gets a three. So, I picked it up and didn't put it down. Yes. I laughed several times. Yes. I looked forward to what was to come. I felt a connection with the characters. There's a fifth one. My thumb's not used yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. So, maybe it only scored a four. But, on Goodreads, it scored a five. Um, okay. Yes, that's right. I don't know if you heard that correctly. But, I actually reviewed a book for my Goodreads. Yay. <laughs> I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, do you want to even guess what I gave the book? Two. What? You totally cheated. No, that's what I can see you giving the book. Well, that is what I gave the book. (laughs) You totally cheated. I cheated, folks. Totally cheated. I just know you. Okay. I knew that was not going to pass your rating scale. But the crazy thing is, is I agree with you. I did not put it down unless I honestly had to have to put it down. I, I I audiobooked it instead of honestly reading it, which I feel like added like another layer honestly to the book, which mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed. So I gave that a point towards it. And my biggest thing was it was 100% no joke brain candy. Mhm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know what? I think we could have we we just needed brain candy at this point because yes. our reading slumps have been brutal yeah and they finally let up for me i'm not sure about you absolutely i've got plans again i know what i'm reading Mm -hmm. like this was a jump start that needed to happen Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad you picked this book if you are in a reading slump i highly recommend married with zombies it will kick you out yes yes all right so without any further ado if you want to read this book and form your own opinions, now is the time, listeners, to just stop. Stop listening. And just join us at the end of this episode. Yes. So we So we won't, it will not hurt our, well, it might hurt some of our feelings <laughs> that you didn't read. We understand. But we understand. We understand. However, if you were the cool kids and read along with us. Hey, hey. hey. Uh, continue to listen because we're going to share all of our thoughts and feelings about this book and Sarah and David's crazy zombie apocalypse. Crazy zombie marriage apoc- issues. Marriage <laughs> counseling for the pros. Escaping a cult issues. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. We'll have to put a, we'll have to put a pin, put in, a pin that in that. Because, <laughs> like, out of, I mean, like, I gotta give it to this author. She, she or he, I don't honestly. She, I think, Jesse something? Mm, it could be Jesse a boy. Peterson. Yeah. I don't honestly. Well, that could be a guy. How do they spell it? J-E-S-S-E. Oh, that's a guy's spelling. That might be a dude. Mm. Well, this gentleman or gal, whoever you 
are. Honestly, actually, hang on. I wonder if they have a profile picture. It's a girl! Oh, hey! Yay! Um, she's hilarious. Yes. Her wit... Oh, my gosh. She had me laughing on and off throughout this whole book. And I honestly feel like that is something... When you're dealing with a topic like this, um, divorce... Mm-hmm. on the brink and let's just give him a zombie apocalypse because why not it's you can't not put in some yeah amazing amazing jokes so the the overall synopsis of this book before we get into each nitty-gritty detail mm-hmm. sarah and david are a couple yep. they are on the brink of divorce and they're going to couples counseling they get to couples counseling one day to find their therapist eating the couple before them of the couple before them yeah. too. <laughs> um, so, um, at that point, the zombie apocalypse breaks out, and they basically have to overcome their differences in mm. order to survive the apocalypse, or not overcome their differences. Yes, you know, you never know. This could make or break them. Pretty much. Um, but it is, uh, it's a comedy for sure. Totally, very, comedy. very well done, in my opinion. And I'm very, I mean. It, it it is the first book in a sequel in a series. There's four books. There's four books. So, I mean, honestly, if this is kind of like your niche, I hope I thoroughly encourage you to go and read the rest of the series. Do it. Uh, I probably won't put it in the front line of my list. Megan, on the other hand, totes will, and that'll become her new BFF for this year, probably. For real, though. I will read all four of those books, <laughs> and then I will donate them to the Juvie and make all my kids read them. Oh, so you actually got a physical copy? Yeah. Can I see the cover? No, because I didn't bring it with me. I thought you did. <laughs> no. I, I just left what was already in my bag. That was a book that Josh got me. It's called Polaris. It's a second book in a series. He found oh, it Oh, that's Goodwill. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, sorry, Josh sorry, finally sorry. gave me my very extremely late birthday gift, and he got me a copy of Chicken Run. For those of you that listen to the subject tonight, you will know why that's funny for us. And then he also bought me a book, but he didn't realize it was a sequel, so now I have to go find the first book to it so that I can but, know what's going on. But, but it's still very, very nice. Putting that aside, okay, Let's let's talk about this book let's dive in let's dive in okay so it opens up like you said they're going to see their doctor the you know their therapist i think her name is no the the neighbor's name is sarah no her name is sarah was there sarah her name is sarah his name is david no i meant the therapist what's her name dr so-and-so dr kelly dr kelly so they're on their way to see dr kelly and of course they're having a fight in the car Going to the doctor's office, and they are they are they automatically set us up for something, mm-hmm. which I loved. Uh, that basically Sarah's describing how like there's no traffic and there's, there's no security guard when they get there. there. The receptionist is missing. Like it's really really weird. So they're like sitting out in the hallway waiting to go in, and Sarah's just like, "I'm not paying for this shit." Blah blah, which is totally me. Yes, I I would have been livid. I've been like, "No, I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. Girl's gonna give me free 15 minutes because clearly the people before us, what she calls like the perfect, I want to say it's like the perfect Nicholsons or the yeah, perfect Michaelsons, Michaelsons, like, something like that. Yeah, they're like the perfect couple, and they flaunt them. They're just there for maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, sure. They got what they... They got got what coming to them. (laughs) But that first scene, that first setup of how their zombies in this book are going to act, I thought was really well handled. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. I was so happy that they were not raptor zombies, like World War Z. I hate those zombies. Mm -hmm. I think they're stupid. There's no reason... I mean, I can understand from a biological standpoint, you can argue, oh, we don't really know what the zombie virus would ever do to a person. It could make them into raptors. I'm sure that it could. It could. However, when I think of a zombie, I'm thinking quintessential green skin, molding, like... Gross. Grotesque. Um, I'm not thinking raptors. Nope. Or Michael Jackson's Thriller Zombies. I mean, I would enjoy some dancing zombies, I won't lie. But, you know. I thought it was very interesting that she took the route of a standard... Like, we have no idea even how the infection even, like, happened yet. 
Yeah. It's just one of those, like, they're just starting to, they don't even know what the freaking heck's going on. David, however, is so stupid smart. He's like, oh, I know exactly what's going on and this and that and this is what we need to do and totally takes charge, which is something Sarah, which is something that Sarah hasn't seen in a long time. Yeah. And she thoroughly starts to appreciate. Eventually. At first, I think that she just sees it as another issue because she's gotten used to basically taking care of him and Mm -hmm. him being a man-child and her having to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so when he does start to take charge, not only does she not believe him in the beginning and kind of belittles him about his theory that, hey, it's a zombie outbreak and it's Mm. not just these couple people suddenly turned into cannibals. Okay, what are you going to believe? Zombie outbreak? Multiple cases of cannibalism. Yeah. No. Zombie outbreak, for sure. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't believe him. She belittles him. She yells at him. It, it, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I know that she comes to appreciate it. Yeah. But in the beginning, I think Jesse Peterson does a really good job of setting up the fact that they're in therapy for a reason. Yeah. Because there are some real trust and connection issues in their relationship. The The main point is that they, they don't communicate. They mm-hmm. don't honestly communicate what's going on within their heads, how they feel about the situation that their partner is putting them in. Yes. Um, further into the book, I love how she addresses that. And we'll get to that in a minute because that actually has to do with the cult. Yes. So that, that in and of itself is kind of cool. But I like the startup to how she handles the zombies. Her zombies are medium fast pace I would Mm -hmm. think like speed wise very strong very strong um but her rules for the zombies I thought were really interesting too her rule of when you get bit turn rate is different 10 to 25 minutes but it's different per person yep just depends on how strong you already were in the beginning. Right. Almost like mental, like it's a mental, it is a mental change. Thing. Yeah. It's not just a physical change. Like mm-hmm. when they finally first uh, encounter somebody that's been bitten but hasn't fully changed, the maintenance guy. Yeah. He still acts like he's supposed to, but yet Sarah realizes, okay, wait, you're like cocking your head and like looking at me like in a way that is not human almost. We'll keep the storyline in order, but basically one of the things that she says when they do encounter that maintenance man is mm. he wasn't looking at my boobs like he normally did and he definitely wasn't looking at my eyes. He was looking at my head. Mm-hmm. And so like when I read that line, like just picturing that cocked head sta- staring at, oh, it I, I, such I, good imagery. Yes. I honestly thought about a dog. You know how a dog will literally, like, cock its head and, like, look, but not, like, look mm-hmm. at something? They're almost, like, looking through yes. something. That's how I felt her zombies were. Mm-hmm. Like, they were able to see almost like a dog sees. Yeah. Not on They a, had that animalistic they nature. They have the, the animalistic nature. And I love how she breaks it down to, like, the turning of the eyes Versus and the, the black sludge and the and black sludge. So like the way well, here we'll even break it down even further. So maintenance guy gets bitten somehow down down the line. They get well. Back. We'll pause if, before we get into the maintenance guy. So they leave Doctor Kelly's office after killing Doctor Kelly and the perfect Michaelsons, and they decide to go home. And on their way home, they switch over to FM radio, and mm-hmm. the radios are still working at this point. And they're like, uh, "There's been a chemical outbreak because of a fact uh, a lab something at yeah. Washington State University. Everyone, go home. Do not leave your home. We are trying to contain this." Yeah. So they get home, and uh, their neighbor's car is flipped. In the garage. Yes. And they were like, huh, that's weird. So they go into their apartment, and one of the neighbors is in the bathroom as a zombie. Yeah. So Sarah has to crush his head with the toilet seat. And then my favorite scene, possibly, of the entire book <laughs> is, I had to pee. There was only one bathroom, so I wiped the gunk off the seat, and I went to the bathroom anyway. I love the fact, like, she's so, like, she get, she goes to the bathroom, and she goes to pee. And if you have a spouse that is male, I swear this happens, You they forget to put the lid down, and you're just goddamn, so goddamn tired. You don't even realize, you don't even look, you just sit, and you're... Plot is in the water. Uh, I've only ever had that happen to me one time. Mm-hmm. 
and it only needs to happen one time. <laughs> it only Does takes it? one time. And it's one of those, I'm a tiny kid. Uh-huh. To, like, a, not a tiny kid. I'm a tiny girl. So, like, when I plop, it's not just a plop. It's a plop and a stuck. And yep. we have to ask for, for help. For help. <laughs> and it's because I'm like, I can't get enough leverage. My feet aren't touching the ground. <laughs> it's bad. That was a that was an experience for David. He was like he that he never ever forgets now because he never ever right. wants to see that again, and I don't blame him. So um, after they kill the neighbor, mm-hmm. um, the neighbor's girlfriend starts pounding on their door because she's panicky, and yeah. so they explain what's going on to her, um, and she was like, "Well, if you guys are trying to pack up to go." I might as well go. Yeah, What's-His-Face has a shit ton of guns in our apartment. You can go grab those. Like, obviously, he's not going to need them anymore. He's dead. Yeah. So they go to her apartment um, and grab all the guns. And as they're leaving, their maintenance man, their super or whatever, is in the hallway. And now go. Okay. So the way that they explain how the super changes is, first, it is the... It was the eye color change that she noticed. Like, his eyes weren't white. They were a little tinted. Mm -hmm. And then after that, then you get the head tilt. Uh Uh-huh. But the crazy thing that I thought was really weird, and they go into even more detail about how changes are different between each person, is later that evening after they've killed the maintenance man, they're watching the TV in their bedroom, and they actually have a doctor from Washington State University on television talking to one of the, an anchor woman an anchor yeah. woman and he's being really nice and suave and polite basically but in a creepy way he keeps telling her that her hair looks nice no that was like right at the end oh okay, okay. so like he's being really belittling though to yeah. her like no no it's fine there's no issue that's you know top secret i can't tell you whatever blah 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 um Towards the end, Sarah's watching this with David in their bedroom, and Sarah's like, he's been bitten. And Dave's like, no, that's in, that's crazy. She's like, no, look at his eyes. Look at his body language. And that's when the, the doctor goes, you have gorgeous hair. Yeah. And literally cocks his head. Just like the maintenance just man. Just like the maintenance man. And lunges at her. Kills her. On TV. On TV. And then proceeds to kill one more person, and then she comes back and kills the whole crew. Right. Which, the regenerative would it was in, like, mere minutes. Exactly. Um, and, and maybe it took longer in the book, but what they say, the whole book, is that everything that they can tell is 10 to 25 minutes. So maybe it did take exactly 10 minutes for her mm. to change. But they kind of made it seem like with her it was almost immediate. It was very fast, like a rapid turnaround. Yeah. However, even speeding up a little bit for that, when they finally have everything packed up and moving on... Um, and they're driving down the road, and they have to stop for gas, of course. Mm-hmm. So they pull off, you know, and that's the first real, in, real like, gun showdown fight. Yep. I thought that was really well managed. I for thought, sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess the our um, kind of third wheel, Amanda. Is would, Amanda is what I would call her, almost. Um, she has to pee, so she goes into the bathroom. She ends up getting bit. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, driving away in the car, and she just, like, tells them flat out, I lied. Yeah, because <laughs> she comes back out, and her shirt's torn, and she's bleeding, and they were like, oh, my God, were you bit? And she was just, she just shook her head. She wouldn't say anything. She just shook her head at them. And they were like, are you sure? And she just nodded her head at them, and so they she got in the car. Mm. So... They do a really good job of explaining why she lied about it, though, and, like, kind of showing you what Because the more you think about it... Admitting that you've been bitten, you're automatically going to get a. It's a death sentence. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, what Amanda came to realize, and the reason that she admitted to it, is if you don't admit it, you're not the only one that dies. Two more people die with you. Yeah, and but the cool thing about that scene that I really love that Je- uh, Jesse Peterson did is she literally showed us what is going through your head while you're transitioning while you're transitioning and I thought that was amazing I was like this is awesome for a zombie book because most of the time you don't get that you don't get the perspective of a zombie you don't get that perspective of a person turning into a zombie you just have the perspective of the people battling the zombies and that there are zombies Mm -hmm. that's it 
So the first step in transitioning is your ability to smell. Um, she describes being able to smell their blood, their organs, and especially their brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after you get used to that scent, then you start to crave it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to think of ways to kill that person. Yeah, and, and it was really scary. Like, yeah. the the way she was literally, she was sobbing in the back seat. And I, can, I, I envisioned her almost, like, biting her nails mm-hmm. as she's doing that and slightly rocking back and forth. Because she literally goes, I'm going to go for Sarah first. I'm going to bite her juggler. And it's going to, all her blood's going to pull into my mouth. And it's going to be so satisfying. They become so rational. Mm-hmm. Everything is a plan. And one of the things that she describes time and time again as you see these zombies transitioning is they go from panicky to extremely calm and creepy. Like, it's nothing but rationale from here on out. Mm -hmm. I am now an animal. This is how I take down my prey. This is exactly how I'm going to do it. Let's execute it. Yeah. Which kind of makes... Which brings up a a point, which I'm pretty sure later on in the books will probably be addressed. You'll have to let us know. Mm -hmm. Is how do you stop an infestation like that? Because that... It's probably something to do with the chemical makeup in our brains, most yeah. likely. Because then we're pretty much reverting back to caveman era where it is like that. That's mm-hmm. all you think about is survival. But yet, her zombies also still hunt in packs, which is very animalistic. So, yeah, some of them, yeah. Some of them do. As we go further down the plot line, uh, when we get to the casino... <laughs> oh, girl, we are not there yet. No. We're not <laughs> even there yet. When we get to the casino, that's going to be a big chunk of what we talk about today, guys. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, they do have to kill Amanda. It's yeah. very sad. Dave shoots her. Point yeah. blank. Um, and he struggles with it. Because mm. um, it wasn't just killing a Some, rabid uh, animal. It wasn't. Yeah. It was killing someone that he knew and someone that basically asked him to do it. It wasn't out of... That, yeah, she pretty much begged to be killed at that point. Yeah. She didn't stop, like, to her, it was one of those, please do this for me because I don't want to hurt Sarah. I don't want to hurt you. Exactly. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to get left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she pretty much tells them, like, flat out, like, you know, I have no grudges against you for doing this. I'm at peace with myself if you do this. Like. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really sweet. And, yeah, I think that stuck not only with, very much with David, but it also stuck with Sarah. Mm-hmm. That's something that they come back around to a few times in this book series. Exactly. Or book. Not series. Well, it is a series, series. But in this particular book. But in this particular book, they constantly do that. Also, side note, Sarah narrates, like, looking from a point of looking back to mm-hmm. throughout some of the chapters. Like, her narrative of, like, that was what it was like at the beginning. People didn't understand that to, not to run to the incident, but to run away from it. We didn't know yet, you know, how it was transmitted. We didn't know, you know, all of the signs like we do now. Well, and she and David talk about that because David keeps blaming himself because they checked the whole place except mm-hmm. for the bathroom. And David blames himself, I didn't check the bathroom. I didn't check the bathroom. And it's for the first time mm-hmm. that Sarah finally kind of steps in and helps him. And she's like, we didn't check the bathroom. We are brand new to this. Right. We are not zombie apocalypse pros, okay? We did not have a zombie plan before this happened. We've not been studying this our whole lives. We are not survivalists. We don't know what we're doing and we're going to figure it out from now on. It's a learning experience. We check every bathroom. And as they make mistakes, they continue to learn from them. Yeah. And um, the whole time they're using their therapy to kind of help them through it, if that makes sense. Which is so weird because they both believe that what the therapist was giving giving to them was a bunch of bullshit. Well, either that or it just wasn't working for them. Right. But the more that they go through the book, um, Sarah starts to say, well, Dr. Kelly was right. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's listen to Dr. Kelly and do this. And those kind of things help them. Like at one point further in the book, she recommends scream therapy. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I thought you said that was a bunch of bullshit. She goes, we're in the middle of the fucking zombie apocalypse. We got to try something. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, oh, it's so good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So they killed Amanda. They killed Amanda. And they come across the car dealership, and they were so like... So they switch out cars? Well, they're going to switch out cars. 
Oh, you're gonna bring up uh, the Lynn girl? Yes, the, okay. the teenager. Yep. So uh, they go in, and there are zombies in there, and Sarah gets trapped underneath a zombie, and she's expecting full on, I can't get him off. David can't get him off me. I'm gonna die. Yeah. And right before she thinks she's about to be bit, someone else fires around and kills the zombie. Mm-hmm. And it's a teenage, it's an Asian teenage girl, and she's like, "Hey, we got food across the street. Why don't you let me feed you?" Yeah. They're like, "Cool." So they go across the street. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, hey, why don't you come with us? You're so young. And she's like, I'm 19. I can take care of myself. And they were like. I like her reasoning, though. Yes. And that's another part of the thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and maybe ask mm-hmm. them about. Do you want to explain her reasoning so that I can get to the question? So again? her reasoning, honestly, was is that I know where everything is in my vicinity. Fizen- yeah. I can control my area better then if I were to take a chance, go with you, go outside of my designated zone that I know the ins and outs mm-hmm. of, and risk possible infection, you know, I clearly can see from what you are, you guys are not making honest choices or good choices. Why should I put myself in with you lot that can't honestly rob a car dealership without almost getting bit? Exactly. So, and... Also, the the interesting about Lynn's character is that she's seen so much loss. Mm-hmm. She lost literally her whole family. Yeah. And then beheaded each one of them to make sure that they couldn't regenerate. Yeah. Which, again, that's something that's pointed out early on in this book, but we never see it actually being implemented by anything else other than at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really bizarre. I, I mean, I, 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 no, I felt like more, why more people, why wouldn't more survivors understand that we need to, like, literally make sure these is dead, dead. Yeah. But. Come on, zombie land. Double tap. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, but yeah, so that, I guess that's my question to you guys. If you, if there was a zombie <clears throat> outbreak, would you try to go find an area that's maybe zombie free or has more defenses mm-hmm. or you know take your chance elsewhere she is pretty fortified though yeah or would you stay close to home where you know where everything is mm-hmm. and you can control your own surroundings mm. uh, better I, I don't know how her, you can't her whole instance was well, that but that's what she thought she was like i know where i'm at i know where everything is i know what i need to do to get that yeah now she did admit eventually yes i will most likely have to leave however i'd rather take my chances Mm -hmm. on my own time than rushing and leaving with you guys exactly so but yeah that definitely made me think and i i don't know what i would do i really don't well and here's also a thing meeting lynn sparks another argument between sarah and david Mm -hmm. sarah is very very type A. She's going to have plans. She's going to think things through. She's not going to rush into anything. David, on the other hand, is type B. He's he's going to just kind of go fly by the yeah. seat of his pants, come what may, I'm ready for it, I got a gun, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that causes an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they sold the car, they're driving for a while, and he, and they're like, we're going to need to stop. We're going to need a place to stay. And Sarah's literally thinking, okay, let's just pull over. We'll go find a house. We'll we can find, clear a house. We can clear a house and and be able to defend a house rather than a motel or whatever, or even just sleeping on the side of the road. She didn't want to do that, but mm-hmm. she was almost willing to. David, on the other hand, decides he wants to go to a fucking casino. Yes. Let's just take a moment <laughs> before we get into the craziness. Oh my god! And talk about why that's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, Sarah pretty pretty much spells it out. I was agreeing with the girl. I was like, "Dude, you're she's just like, that's asking. so many rooms to clear. That's so much space to cover. You know, there's so many things that could go wrong." And David's like, "We've always said we wanted to go there. Let's just go." <clears throat> and Sarah. And they get into another argument, and his response is, why do you have to fucking fight me on every goddamn thing? Mm. And she's like, I don't. And he goes, yes, you do. These last six months have been nothing but you starting arguments and telling me that I'm worthless. And if you don't want to go, that's fine. Drop me off, I'll go, and then you can leave. Yeah. And she's like, you you want me to leave you? And he goes, I want all of this to stop. So Sarah, against her better judgment, is like, 
fine, we'll go to the casino. I feel like that's a good turning point, though, for their relationship. Yes. So let's stop for, for a few seconds and talk about this as uh, Sarah and David's turning point. Because mm-hmm. every relationship has that point where you're going to have an argument. You're going to have a fight that's literally going to set you up for whatever the freaking heck comes down the road next. Mm-hmm. And for Sarah and David, I feel like this is the point where David finally decided, you know, I'm not taking Sarah's bullshit anymore. I'm not taking her sass. I'm finally going to stand up for myself and tell her she needs to stop. I'm doing the best I freaking can. Yeah. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to be here. Mm-hmm for it. Even though that may not be what I want, I'm to the point where I just don't care anymore. Either you're going to follow me into this death trap or you're not. And I think for Sarah, I think she realized that maybe what she was doing was bullying David. Mm -hmm. And she was pressuring him a lot. And she was trying to make him what she thought she wanted Mm -hmm. in her head. And I feel like her finally just agreeing to go is her first attempt mm-hmm. in trying to maybe correct her habit. Now, with that being said, I don't think David did this to correct his own. Mm-mm. And by no means are we saying that just because this is a turning point in our relationship that this was a smart turning point if that makes sense mm-hmm. so what what i mean by that is yes this was a giant realization moment for the both of them yeah david realized that he was done being bullied mm-hmm. and sarah realized that she was being a bully and so this was sarah's turning point this is her opportunity to step back and let go of the reins but it was a stupid plan if you're gonna hang on at any moment for any reason maybe it's trying to keep your husband from going into a casino during a zombie apocalypse yeah. Maybe that would have been a good decision. <laughs> no, it definitely would have been a good decision. Um, the cool thing... Okay, here, full, as we go into the casino, I have to point out the old lady zombies at, at the, the cl- slot machines. At the slots. Sweet googly murgly. Like, I laughed so hard. Just that image alone of a little white-haired lady who has black goo, like, oozing off the side of her neck. But yet, god dang, she gonna pull that? <laughs> and the, she does a decent way of explaining that, too. She's like, this was such a brainless action mm-hmm. that it doesn't require any brain power to do it. And it, something else, though, that I'm not sure. Did you even catch? David almost hints to the fact of they got bit, they turned, they were in the act of doing this. So when they were turning, that's all that their brain could focus on. Yeah. So they had no, uh, it's not that they, if they were to hear or like see David or Sarah, they would become the zombies that we have seen previously. But these zombies in particular almost show that if they're not in the act of hunting while turning, they can be very, very docile. Yeah. Almost to the point where... They, they are not focused on anything but the flashing lights and the act of pulling the handle, mm-hmm. hearing the noise. I don't know. Did you catch that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm glad I wasn't the you're only one there. the only one. Cool. Um, but they sneak around them. They don't even, like... They don't try to kill them. They don't try to do anything. They just walk past them um, and back into the kitchen mm-hmm. where they encounter a couple zombies and... David is smart enough to think, hey, just because they're not attacking us now, don't shoot them. Let's, you know, kill them as quietly as we can kind of thing. Eh, I don't think it's him. No, because they they tried to... I don't... Do they try to kill him as quietly as possible? Yeah, and then um, Sarah is panicking and about to shoot, and then that's when the guy comes Jedediah. in. Yeah. And, um, and Machete's the guy, and he was like, definitely don't do that, because they do listen to sound. Yeah. So, um, time for the cult. <laughs> so. Best part of the book. God. Hands down. It really best part is of the book. Ah. So and it's good. the craziest. It is the craziest. Like, <laughs> the Church of Black Star. No, it's the Church of Truth something. Uh, Truth. <laughs> but their name is Black Star. 
Yeah, that's his la- Blackwell. Blackwell. Black oh, yeah. Blackwell. I, um, I thought Blackstar because I was thinking of Soul Eater. I go, it is I, Blackstar. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. That's kind of how my brain went there for a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's. I, let's just call it Truth Church because I'm yeah. almost positive it's something to do with truth in there. Yeah. But he the saves Blackwell them. Blackwell Church of Truth or something. Yeah. He saves them from the very last guy in there, and he was like, come with me. There's tons of survivors. Well, and he's really chill about it, too. He's just like, because David's like, oh, hey, I'm such and such, and this is why my, my wife, Sarah. And he's like, oh, that's cool, you know. He, he plays it off really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And he David sees that there's other people behind him, and he's like, oh, I didn't think there would be a lot of survivors here. And, you know, of course, that's where he latches on. He's he's quite the salesman character. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a whole group of us. Why don't you come and... Meet everybody. Meet everybody. And, of course, Sarah and David don't think twice about it mm-hmm. until they get to the doors <laughs> and they see the sign and of course they're having a conversation the whole way to there where he's like oh yeah we're a church we came here because you know we wanted to spread the word of god right in the heart of, of sinning, sinning country. country and like sarah is like in the middle of seattle in a casino in a casino like what kind of church meets in a casino and like already sarah's already kind of doubting stuff but david plays it off and david's like it's cheap rooms they're the cheapest rooms that you can rent is like a back room of a casino so why wouldn't they meet here like yeah it's a small church you know like what's the big deal but when they walk through the doors most of the women are dressed very um conservatively yes as in like butt length hair put up in a bun and floor length clothes or at least covering the knee mm-hmm. um and the men she describes the men being almost timid and reserved yes uh you know the children were clinging to their moms kind of you know no one was talking unless they were talked to first and yeah <sighs> Basically, they're like, hey, guys, these are good Christian people, Sarah and David, amazing biblical names, and they'll be joining us. And Sarah's like, no, we won't. And he goes, yes, you will. And uh, basically kidnaps them and puts them in one of the hotel rooms that the casino has and Mm -hmm. then has armed guards stand outside their door. What about his wife? What did you think of her? She's crazier than he is. See, and I almost think that she's, like, the brains behind her husband. Because the way, like, Sarah describes how, like, she, like, digs her nails into her arm Uh in a way that's not, like, oh, I'm just pressing hard. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sending a message of you're not getting away from me. Exactly. But she lets everyone think that her husband is the leader. Right. You know, she plays the dutiful wife card very well. Yeah. And, like. They're having this conversation, and as they're having this conversation, like, David starts to actually fully to understand what he's gotten him and Sarah into, mm-hmm. and he gets mad at himself again. Yep. And, like... But, true to her turning point... Sarah doesn't do anything. She doesn't get mad at him. She doesn't blame him. She says, once again, we are new to this. Mm-hmm. Now we know. No casinos. And just kind of brushes it off. Right. And... And he gets really, really mad. He he pretty much states to her, like, I'm sorry I put you in this position. I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. You were right. I should have just... You're always right. You're always right. Yeah. Like, he starts to kind of backtrack a little bit and realize, hey, I shouldn't have... Been ru- so impulsive. ...rushed into all of this. And they have to escape. And the way they escape is horrible. And I love that she even, like... he. She was like, okay, we're going to go out the window, and we're going to fall on this, like, awning, awning, and then from the awning, we're going to drop down. And, like, as they're getting ready to do that, they're, like, getting the bed sheets off, and she makes this stupid comment. She's like, or no, Dave makes the stupid comment. Wasn't this, like, busted on Mythbusters or something? Yeah, that she's like, I watched it, but I don't remember how it ends, so we're going to find out together. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was funny, like... I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up in that era where Mythbusters was a huge thing. Right. And I was just like, well, we're about the same age as them in the books. True. True. It would make sense that we have the same kind of cultural references. But let's take a moment. Have you ever looked at a building or literally like had that moment of thought of if I have to get out, 
of this building. Well, most buildings, How? you can't do that. The windows don't open in hotels anymore because too many people were jumping. I know, true. I'm just talking, like, in general. Like, have you, have you ever done that? Where you're just like, okay, I have to get out of this place. I'm going to break out of this way. Or is that me? Is I think it's just you because I have never done that. <laughs> I like to have an escape route if I have to. The only time that I've ever done anything remotely similar to that is when Sierra and I went to spring break in D.C. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we noticed is that there were fire escape exits, but none of them were on the top of the ceiling. They were all on the bottom of the floor. And so Sierra and I, just to be fucking stupid, were crawling along trying to follow the fire escape exits. Nice. It was like three in the morning. There was no one out, but I guarantee that there were cameras in the hallway that was watching us do this, and they were like, "What is happening right yeah. now?" But in the act of escaping, because mm-hmm. they do escape, yeah, David injures himself. Yes, he bruises his bone in his leg. Yeah, which if anybody's ever done that, hurt hurts bad, bad. Mm-hmm. like beyond a ten. Yes, like when that doctor. I feel like that is the stupidest thing. Rate your pain on 1 to 10. 10 being you can't stand it. I Yeah, can't and stand I, it. Let's I, make it a 10. I was like one of those, that's like a beyond a 10. That's like you're staring at the doctor going, just chop it off mm-hmm. now. Yeah, please amputate. I don't even need the, uh, I don't even need the painkillers because there's no way that you sawing <laughs> off my leg could be more painful than what I'm going through right yeah. now. But um, in that instance, um, they're hobbling to the a car. They're trying to find a car. Just a car. Just a car. And all the men from the cult. And some of the women. And remember, his wife is out there. No, she's yes. sitting in the doorway. She never fought. She stood in the doorway with the other women. Well, no, I mean, I know. But, like, she came out and, to see them yeah. do all this stuff. Remember? Yeah. All It was only the men that fought. Yeah. The women just stood back at the door mm-hmm. of the casino. Um, But, you know, of course, they go after them. And... Something that I thought was really weird is that the zombies came out of the trees. Yes. A horde of, of zombies. zombies came out of the trees. They were just waiting. Explain that one to me then, because I'm wondering how a zombie gets up in a tree. Well, not only that, but this is one of the few instances in the book where it was very much this is just a plot device. Mm-hmm. How do they escape because of a horde of zombies? Like, every other part of the book makes sense. When a zombie shows up, it makes sense. When they're having an issue with a person or a cult, it makes sense. It fits. This one particular thing, though, I really think that Jesse Patterson was just like, I need them to get away somehow. Mm-hmm. Tree zombies. But, I mean... He- I just, I'm trying to, like, make sense of it. Like you said, I'm like, do we now have to add another layer to a zombie can literally, like, climb up a tree now? Well, and I didn't necessarily think of it as, like, they were coming down from trees. I they think... say they jump from trees. Oh. When I read that, I was kind of just more picturing them coming out from behind trees, not jumping out of them. They came down from trees. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I, I can't explain that one then. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. It makes no sense. Not all of the book can make sense, okay? <laughs> Spider. Spider zombies. Oh my god, no. And the one thing that they do talk about after this is that there are no animal zombies from what they've been able to see Pets so far. Pets cannot get bitten. Which yeah. I... Well, I mean, I guess they could get bitten, but like the zombies don't... They don't have, have they're not attracted to them. They ignore them. Well, and that was because they find a cat. Yeah. Um, but after they get away, they're driving for a while, David has his turning point. Mm -hmm. And I actually liked his turning point. Well, I like Sarah's too, but I I definitely think that David's had more of an impact. Yeah. He pretty much explains to Sarah, you know, why he thinks he's a failure at life. Mm -hmm. And she pretty much has to coax him out of that dark spot where he literally comes to terms with yeah i've treated you like shit i've treated our relationship like shit all because of my own self-loathing almost yeah so i liked that i liked that sarah honestly at the same point saw how low he had become Mm -hmm. and that's also where we see him bring back up amanda and him not being okay, like really not being okay with the fact 
that he had to take her life and how that has honestly not sat with him this whole time. But Sarah turns it around and she's like, okay, let's psychoanalyze this. Mm -hmm. Let's give ourselves an excuse. Every person that we've ever killed, why did we do it? And they don't say because they were a zombie or because we had to. With Dr. Kelly, she gave bad advice, okay? Mm-hmm. With the perfect Michaelsons, we've hated them since day one. With the super, he was always staring at my tits. Had to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, he was a total douchebag and an alcoholic. Amanda, uh, I was bullied by a cheerleader in high school and she reminded me of her. <laughs> like, so they just kept going down the list of everyone that they had killed mm-hmm. and kind of trying to bring comedy to it so that they didn't feel so bad. And they went through the whole list and came up with a whole list and when they got to the uh the blackwell guy or whatever he was like he was a freaking cult leader of course we had to kill him that guy was crazy yeah um or no the the joke is we didn't kill him god did yeah (laughs) um god did not could not save him yeah so i mean it was just i think it was a real turning point for both of them i know sarah already had her first one but this Mm -hmm. is sarah's first opportunity to really step up Mm -hmm. and not just go with his plan but really show that she had been listening Mm -hmm. and being there for him and supporting him and david finally opened up because the one thing that sarah said about david a lot was that dr kelly said he was like a um, he's a compartmentalist yeah he just he holds everything in and doesn't ever let it out yeah um and, you know, he finally opened up to her and told her what he was feeling. Yeah. So they decide that they're going to keep driving towards Longview, which is where his sister is. Yep. And when they finally get into town, like, two days later, mm. um, there's a carnival happening. Yes. And they don't... It's one of those... They have really... They actually have really fond memories of this as well. Yeah. Like, there's always a car show, and we always come down here, but because we've been having so many issues, we missed last year, mm-hmm. and we weren't really sure when it was happening this year, but we were still having marital problems, so we didn't want to go. Sarah and David's sister honestly don't get along Gina. very well. Gina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly think that is for valid reasons, honestly. Sarah feels like Gina thinks she's not good enough not good enough and she's not worthy of her brother um and and very much puts that stigmata on sarah in ways that isn't good and then also what adds to the toxicity of that is that david doesn't say anything to his sister about about this and he basically becomes this little child anytime they go down there and just lets her take care of him so they they pull into the town, and they're going towards a Ferris wheel. Well, and it's kind of smart. So, once again, they keep trying to find people mm-hmm. um, that are survivors. They want to they want to get a bigger group of people together right. because they think they have a better shot. And they're like, if this Ferris wheel's been going the whole time, there's a chance that there are survivors trapped on it, and we should go save them. Right. So, that was in their brains to go do that. As they go do that, though, we kind of get our last glimpse of kind of how zombies act. Mm-hmm. Which literally, like, out of nowhere, stealth mode, a zombie comes out from behind, uh, like, a shooting game A or shooting whatever. booth game and takes Sarah almost by surprise and David has enough, doesn't have enough time to react. However, a bow goes in and, or is it a shotgun? I think it's a bow, actually. Bow and arrow goes in and kills him. Yeah, and it's actually Gina's neighbor. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I don't know. I want to call him Tony. Sure, let's call him Tony. His, I don't think his name is Tony, but we're going to call him Tony. Yeah. So Tony saves the day and tells them that Gina's still alive. Yeah. Which is awesome news for everybody. Yeah. Um, And that they got hit really crazy. Like this person was running through the crowd during the parade and just started biting anybody and everybody. Yeah. And before they knew it, they had a lot of turn. They had a huge turn rate. Yeah. Going on. And Tony pretty much tells them, yeah, we had to kill them all. Burn them. But we've gotten most of them. And he keeps saying we. So even though he's the only one that you see there and Mm -hmm. interact with, he's making it seem like maybe there's more people that are coming to this place and making sure that they're getting rid of as many of them as they can. Now, the way Tony fights them, I find very, very bizarre. So, like, him, he's having an actual conversation, just like me and Megan are having right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, halfway through the conversation, he literally, like, cocks his head and, like... Jesse describes the character as like listening intently and then out of nowhere about face turns draws and shoots and gets another one way off in the distance he's he's perfected hunting them 
See, I mean, and he's a good thing. old country boy. I gar- I picture him as somebody that goes hunting every year, mm-hmm. open deer season, turkey season, bird season, duck season. But here's the thing. The way she describes Tony's reaction almost sounds like he's already been bitten. Maybe. The only reason I say maybe is that it definitely took them more than 10 to 25 minutes to get from the carnival to Gina's house, talk to Gina, get everything going for the power to go out, and then for him to show up. So, like, I don't know how much I believe that. I honestly think that, I think that Tony just found his niche. I think he's like, look, I'm a great hunter. Mm. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um... I guess I I didn't see the the zombie in him. I I, I don't think, I just I, thought he enjoyed doing it. I just thought it was weird because the way she describes Tony's like listening is that he literally cocked his head, but it wasn't the same cocking of the head as everybody else has done. Yeah, but he still cocked his head. So it's like one of those. I'm like, okay, has he turned? Has he not turned? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, what is he? And maybe you're right. Maybe he is just a good listener because mm-hmm. he was having a full on conversation. Yeah. But yet, still listening, still watching his surroundings at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. You might be right. So, they get to Gina's, and Gina is not herself. No. She's uh, typically the very Martha Stewart type, always has a clean house, everything's perfectly decorated. She's me. Her house is kind of a mess. Um, And Gina is being less than hospitable to the both of them. Yeah. Um, Oh, you really should have called first. Gina, you know the phones are down, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, you've been watching the news. Yeah, they said it was chemical. They're taking care of it. And they're like... She's in shock. No, she's in she, denial, yeah. Yeah, like, she's in full-on shock or... Uh, yeah, I would agree. Almost Shock and denial almost at this point. She's still in a shock. So they finally snap her out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the power goes out. Yeah. And they, Dave decides he's going to go downstairs just to see if it's the breaker, just in case. Half of me almost thought she had a zombie in the basement. I was expecting that. I know! Full on I was just like, oh, crap, there's a zombie in the basement! Oh, God, I was full on expecting that. He's gonna get bitten. But in that time period, Gina and, um... Sarah. And Sarah kind of make up. And when I say kind of, basically, Gina acknowledges that Sarah must have been through something hard. It yeah. doesn't belittle her for once. And Sarah's like, wow, that's a win for me. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then Tony... Shows up at the door. Shows up at the door. And Sarah makes a mistake. Well, yes and no. So the only reason that I say no mm-hmm. is that at this point, Sarah has already realized by the way that Gina's been acting every time they bring up Tony's name that Gina likes Tony. Mm-hmm. So when Tony shows up at the door and he looks really nervous and fidgety, she just assumes... Oh, he has a crush, too. He's just nervous to be here. All right, I'm going to let this love blossom. Yeah. And so if if I had been in her shoes, mm. I might have thought the same thing. But she's already stated that you that the checking needs to be done. Like, I know. They make that, that, they make that really, really clear. I know. She did. She let her guard down. That's for and sure. Technically, I would almost agree with you. She did kind of check because she did ask who was at the door and check who was at the door. Mm -hmm. But she didn't check who came through that door. Yeah. She didn't check him for bites. She didn't ask him if he had been bitten. She didn't do any of the things that she was supposed to do. Um, And when she and Dave get back up from the basement, uh, Gina is being eaten by Tony. Yeah. And she pretty much um, kills Tony with a frying pan, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really nice. Yes. Good good on her. (laughs) Good on you. Um, and then we have to come down to the struggle of Gina turning. And Gina, like Amanda, is telling them she can feel it happening. Yeah. And it's happening much faster. In her. In her than Amanda. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting because Gina is much more strong-willed mm-hmm. than Amanda. Because Amanda came off really as a ditzy character, not very much upstairs, not very smart. And Gina was very well-mannered. She was a teacher. Mm -hmm. But yet she turned faster. I don't know. I I don't know. But, um, you know, David is pretty much like cradling her, holding her, telling her it's going to be okay. And she's like, Sarah, you have to kill me. My brother can't do this. Yeah. You're going to have to put me out of my misery. 
But she does tell Sarah before she goes that she trusts her to take care of her brother and that she's sorry and that she loves her. Yeah. And so, like, at least they have closure before they have to kill Gina. Yeah. Um, so while they're at Gina's, um, she checks her old email from her dad. Mm -hmm. Um, and her dad basically just said, I heard that Chicago is safe heading that way. Stay safe. Yeah. And so their plan is just to go to Chicago and hope Mm -hmm. that her dad was onto something. Yeah. I think though, my kind of at the end of the book, I was more or less going, okay, is David honestly ever going to forgive Sarah? Because he acts like he does. But you don't know. But you don't know, honestly, if he's going to honestly forgive her for what she did. Because not only did she, is she the reason that she's that she got bit, but she also ended her life, technically. Yeah. So that's a double whammy there. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet that they buried both of them together. together. I thought that was really, really sweet. Um, but they don't raid Gina's house. Or if they do, it's not mentioned. Yeah. They I did find that weird. Yeah. It was like there was nothing worth taking. Which I, I honestly, I was I was kind of shocked. Yeah. I thought they would have hung out there for a while because Gina lives in a very rural area with a lot of land. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's almost ideal. If you're going to have anywhere you wanted to stay, that's, that's your ideal. I think at this point, they're just, in their minds, I think what they're thinking is, well, our friends are dead. Therapist is dead. Your sister is dead. The only family that we have left is my dad, and we might as well try it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> A lot of emotions were in this book. So I would say, many. gosh, um, it was definitely a roller coaster. I was really worried as I was reading that because I had read it before you. I was really worried about you reading this book. I was like, oh, God, there's going to be triggers in uh-huh. this book for her. It was hard. <laughs> and I fell for you. I was like, I don't know how she's going to get through this because, you know, this is something that's similar to her marriage that, that ended kind of similarly. Um, mm-hmm. My marriage, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is not anywhere near. Unfortunately. No. That's very fortunate. <laughs> it's fortunate. My um, marriage is not near that. Um, but... Yeah, I... It was awkward in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I did... I won't lie. I got a little bit salty mm-hmm. when they started reconciling because I was like... <laughs> it took a zombie apocalypse for them to reconcile. Exactly. And then once I kind of realized that... Okay, I hit two realizations. One, I realized that they had basically no choice but to reconcile like they were put into a situation that made them reconcile yeah. without the zombie apocalypse they would not have made it they would not have made their strides they wouldn't they just wouldn't have done it yeah um and then at the same time i kind of came to the realization that like i i didn't want it to get i didn't want to reconcile i didn't want to be sarah and david mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah like I, I know I've talked about it before. You wanted to be you. Exactly. I know I've talked about it before, but, like, I am in a very good spot in life now, and my happiness is due to leaving that relationship. Yeah. You had um, a very toxic relationship, which I think that is to note. Sarah and David's relationship I don't think was as toxic. Nowhere near as toxic. And their real problem is that he didn't talk enough, and she tried to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't doing it. They make a comment at one point that every relationship is supposed to be 50-50. And when your partner can't give his 50, you take more. Mm-hmm. And David, because he couldn't communicate, stopped giving his 50 a long time ago. And mm-hmm. so Sarah was just so used to overcompensating that it became belittling. Yeah. And so that was their problem. But they learned to communicate. Yep. My relationship was not that way. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have happened that way. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, like, I got over it, and I mm-hmm. still very much enjoyed the book. But, yeah, the beginning was definitely awkward, especially when they're describing their drive to the thing. Oh and, like, how, like, every little thing is bugging her, and yeah. how he's just trying to make small talk, and, yeah. like, how they're, like, bickering at each other before a meeting. And I was oh, like, my gosh. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> so, 
I thought I was going to have an issue, too, at the beginning of the book, because David is obsessed with a video game on his phone. Mm-hmm. And that's My all he's doing is playing. is obsessed with the video games on his phone. Anytime we go anywhere, that boy, if he doesn't have to drive, has that phone out. Yep. And is playing that video game. Like, I felt for her in that instance. Mm-hmm. I There are moments where all I want to do is rip the damn phone away from his hand throw it out the window <laughs> just keep driving and just keep driving don't say a word i won't even say, uh, no that's literally i would have just been like yank throw and i don't know we'll deal with it later i'll drive you to the at&t store <laughs> we'll just go get you a new one but like in that instance i felt for her and i was just like yeah i i understand mm-hmm. where that that anger comes from and it drives me up a wall sometimes, especially when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and all they're doing is deflecting. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind-numbingly horrible. But, yeah, it's... This book was very well written. It was. It kept track of every plot point. Everything flowed very well together. Um, There's only literally that one, like... Zombie trees. Tree zombies. Tree zombies... Like, maybe they'll explain it later down the road. I don't know. I liked the fact that they didn't give everything up up to you up front. I liked the fact that Sarah did some back narrating. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nicely, like, thrown throughout the book. Do you want to know my absolute favorite part about the whole book, though? Yes, tell me. It's not a scene. Okay. It was the title of every chapter. Oh, my gosh. So, the title of every chapter starts out with relationship advice. And then it's two sentences. So, the first one is just regular relationship advice. Like, communicate with your partner. Be willing to compromise. But then, like, after that, it would have something to do with what was going to happen. So, like, one of them was um, always be willing to compromise. You never know when you're going to come across a casino in a zombie apocalypse. And I was like what <laughs> yeah and then the next one was like always uh always have an escape plan mm-hmm. you never especially know when, you're, when really... you're gonna run into a cult or something, something like, that. like that yeah it was it was just i was like what's the next chapter gonna be called i was so excited <laughs> that was a it. nice little like pearl throughout the thing i think my favorite one had something to do with like sharing is caring let your partner also have a head tap yes <laughs> oh. oh they were really great. good that was really great so yeah. Yes. I hope that you guys will read this book. Um, if mm-hmm. you if you listen to this somehow, yeah, and you didn't read the book already, congrats. You now know everything about the book. I still hope that you read it. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why you I feel like to we this gave... spoiler heavy episode. Uh, yeah. But... No. I I feel like uh, we did a good job of at least hitting all the highlights. There are some things we leave out, of course, that are what we feel aren't plot driven points yes. throughout the book mm-hmm. they still hold weight um the when they're sitting in the parking lot and she's trying to elevate his leg we didn't talk about that not that that's not a a good point in the book but to us that didn't hold the weight exactly for us to draw draw blah, 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 blah. I can't <laughs> talk today drive the plot along so, I mean, but it is, it's very, and it's not that long of a book. I think it was only 200 something pages. Mm-hmm, um, no, so we pick small. It's an easy read. It is very much brain candy. Oh my God. I loved the fact I could turn on the audiobook and I just did my food prep one Sunday and pretty much listened to the whole thing. Yep. In that one span of time. And I loved it so, so much. It was awesome. It was very, very good. Very, very needed. Because our, Next month's book for March, uh, our theme is going to be, drumroll please, New Orleans. And we are reading Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice. So excited. I'm actually going to read a vampire book this year. Okay, but it's not like Twilight, okay? No. This is the OG vampire book. Is it the OG vampire book? Basically. I thought Dracula was the OG vampire Okay, we're not talking about Dracula. Or Nosferatu became... Okay, this is the OG... Of the sparkle vampires? No, they don't sparkle! That is true! (laughs) Lestrat and Louis don't sparkle. No, but what I mean is, like, Anne Rice, Interview with a Vampire, kind of re-sparked 
the vampire craze because after mm-hmm. that you have things like Blade Trilogy and just all these different vampire movies and then yes we get Twilight down the line but <laughs> Interview with the Vampire is the first time that I can remember in modern okay in, the in, t- in our time in our time period where vampires became very sexy, sexy and, and wanted again yeah. I have a feeling that is because of the actors that they got to play Lestat and Louise yes I mean, you're talking young. Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise? Yes. Young, young. Like, I, <sighs> I we, we picked this one for March and we both agreed on it. And I just was like, you know what? I haven't, I've only, I've only ever seen the cover. I've never honestly sat down and watched this movie. So I was like, I'm going to watch a trailer. And I saw Brad Pitt in there. And I was like, holy frick, that's Brad Pitt. Yes, it I forgot is. how stunning mm-hmm. he was. And I'm just like, no wonder everybody was batshit crazy for him in the 90s. Well, and girl, you know I don't like Tom Cruise. You know I don't get along with Tom Cruise. He actually does look very nice in there. Yes, he does. It it's was upsetting. It is very upsetting. Now, my question is, I'm going to have to ask my dad, was this, I know this is Brad Pitt's, like, debut movie. I'm wondering if it's Tom Cruise's debut movie, too, or did he make Top Gun prior to it? I don't know the exact timeline. We will find out. We'll have to find out. This is also one of, um, what's her name? Uh, Kristen Dunst's first movies. Is she the girl? Yes, she is. Holy snikes. I know. Those are some curls on that woman's head. Oh, perfect little doll. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, I think that's what they call her. Yes. Okay. Have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. Several times. It's one of my favorites. Are you going to sit down and watch the movie with me? Because I've never watched the movie. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yes, I will! <sighs> Is that even a question? Jeez. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> we're getting off topic. We're but getting off topic. Well, you, that's the end of... Uh, yeah, if you want to read next month's book with us, go pick up Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice. It is available on Thrift Books, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, uh, and probably at your local bookstore. Yes. So, okay, guys, I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And this was Wine and Dine. Speaking of random side stories, so when I went to go get Interview with the Vampire, mm-hmm. I walked around Barnes and Nobles for a good solid five minutes trying to find that book. Okay. It was all the way on the bottom shelf, and they only had, I could only honestly find one copy. And guess what kind of book it was? What? Just guess. It was the type of books I hate. The books without covers? Books oh. without dust covers? Sorry. I should have been more specific. If a book doesn't have a cover, that is very upsetting. But books without dust covers. No, it was um, mass market paperback. paperback. Yeah. And I was like, I literally looked at it and I was like, I'm not buying this bullshit. I don't bullshit. want it. I don't even want it. it. And a nice lady came by, like an actual worker came by and was like, oh, are you looking for something in particular? I'm like, I need to read Interview with the Vampire, Anne Rice. You know, my girlfriend says that's the book for our book club that we're mm-hmm. going into. And she was like, oh, well, I see that you found one. I was like, yeah, but I really don't want this copy. She's yeah. like, let me go check on the back. And she actually came out with a standard paperback. And she's like, would this work for you? And I'm like, yes. Yes, it would. Thank you. Thank you. Lady. That works at Barnes and Nobles and actually cared enough to go. Wow. A worker oh. at Barnes and Noble that cares. I know. It does happen. There is a God. (laughs) It's a miracle. 